Oh, ladies and gents, <clears throat> big surprise for you today. In studio, Andrew Patterson coming up after the theme song on the Filibuster Freestyle. Oh yeah, ladies and gents, it's your buddy Gavin, as I said, before the theme song, back in the studio, our first guest, some would say our best guest. Andrew Patterson joins us. Uh, whether the first or the best guest, I'm the guest that's here today. So you are you're going to listen, listen to it. You're the guest of us for the rest of us. Places listening, you want to go through? I do. Okay, after the U.S. and Australia, who's been pumping it hard lately. Good for the Aussies. And the United Kingdom, which is a place I spent uh, a night recently. Yeah. If you guys want to hear about that, listen to the Aer Lingus review that we did on the Filibuster Freestyle last week. It is currently on the homepage of filibusterfreestyle.com as well. After the UK, Germany, which is where my bag went okay. this week. I did not go to Germany. No. Nope. My bag was shipped back to Boston via Frankfurt, Germany. So uh, Beckenzie yeah. luggage. You're right. Yeah. Spain after that, which I was actually recently in. Your luggage or the listenership? Listenership. Listenership. Ireland. Still Brunei, which is great. I don't know who in Brunei listens. If it's the Sultan. Then I wish you the best, sir. Even though I hear some questionable things about your mm-hmm. uh, ability to let people have freedom and such. Well, another pot, another pot. Moldova, Romania, Malaysia, Latvia, and the Ukraine. S- spanning the globe, really. I mean, as I said the other day on the pod, the Aer Lingus pod, a lot of time zones. Yeah. A lot of time zones, man. I tell you what, nothing like listening to the freestyle, or sorry, uploading the freestyle, like say before you go to bed. Yeah. And then obviously, even if it's nighttime, you know, on the eastern time zone of the U.S., it's 5 o'clock somewhere, as they say, both morning and p.m. And uh, people are listening to the freestyle. We appreciate it, as always. So I thought you were going to say nothing like uploading the podcast before you go to bed and then having the sweet, dulcet tones of your own voice lull you to sleep. <laughs> that would be one way to do yeah. it. Yeah. I can honestly say I've never listened to the freestyle to go to bed. I have. Oh. Uh, but not when I've been a guest on. You cannot listen to yourself and go to sleep. Correct. Because you're a- already, when you're going to sleep, you're already dealing with, and this was not planned. This was a little sleep little sleep lesson for everybody. Yeah. You've already got your own head and your own voice in your head, I should say, kind of going at the end of the day. And the yes. last thing you need to shut your brain off is hearing your own voice think. Because essentially, you're like basically piping in a fake inner monologue. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, and also the... the Especially if we're really bad night of dreams. <laughs> if you can't sleep listening to your own voice and just judging, judging it. Yeah. There is nothing that you judge more than the sound of your own voice. So true. Because you just, you don't hear it the way everybody else hears it. No. And um, and then you do, and you're like, I can't believe people are friends with me. Right. I got like, that is a friendship I would like, cut just for the sound yeah, of that voice. Yeah, here I am with this voice, apparently, and everybody's okay with it besides me. <laughs> right. Andrew Patterson? Yeah, I mean, he's okay. His voice his sucks. Voice totally I couldn't hang terrible. out with him anymore. Really shitty voice. Once we're in the night, got out of the way early. <laughs> got out of the way describing my voice. I like it. But no, but I think your voice is great. You think it's crappy. But everybody, that is the one universal thing that I think everybody finds fault in is their own voice. Yeah. Well, because again, they don't usually hear it. Yeah. So listen, you are uniquely qualified for a a podcast topic, a little bit of a potpourri today, but we've been covering the song of the summer for, this will be our fifth, I think our fifth straight year. 
15, 16, 17, 18, now 19. Now, okay. I'm not sure if the you've fingers, been, The fingers added it up. Yes, they did. If so you did it on your own fingers five-finger test uh, yeah. is the fifth one, 2019. We've had some years where there was a no-brainer. Um, yeah. we, we've had years where it, we, we needed like an internet GIF meme challenge success, uh, sensation, like last year's Kiki Challenge. Yeah. Kiki, do you love me? In My Dreams, I think the song was called, by Drake. It kind of won the summer by the end. Usually we do this with Roscoe P. My thought process is just to give everybody, including our guest Andrew Patterson, a little impromptu production meeting is we're going to record what we're recording now. I may call Roscoe P. in the next 24 hours and kind of piggyback onto this pod. Okay. Well, Roscoe P. is a much more uh, knowledgeable music yes. voice than I am. He also, though, the best part about Roscoe P. is that he is an unabashed, unabashed, if you will, yeah. um, music curmudgeon. And that, like, he fully admits that now that he's 40 years old music quote ain't as good as it used to be and so he'll go real sour on stuff and i know he's sour on the song we're going to talk about which to me and to andrew and probably to all of you is a no-brainer song of the summer 2019 it's absolutely old town road you know and it's kind of ironic and that, roscoe hates it sorry. yeah that roscoe has become the music is not what it used to be kind of curmudgeon for a man who spent uh summer following hansen around on tour <laughs> He did like Hanson. Yeah. But, but you know, Old Town Road came in a little early. It did. But it came late enough in the spring. I remember it specifically came out in April because by the time the Kentucky Derby was getting promoted on NBC, they were using Old Town Road as like one of like the, as the songs. Yeah. So you know the song, it probably like released at the end of March and in the month it of April. It might even be older than that. But in the month of April, it really became part of the social ubiquitous consciousness. Everybody was aware that Old Town Road was a song, which is I think, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but if you're going to think say there's four or five things a song needs to do to hit being the song of the summer. I mean, the fact that I've seen just the scariest Instagram videos of like seven, eight-year-old kids all going bananas when the song comes on they, and singing it at the top of their lungs. Without Lil Nas X doing a thing. Just right. standing up there. Yeah. Um, Gavin, I'm an expert on nothing but a man of opinion on many things. And one of the things I, I like. wonder, I like to theorize on is how much the internet has changed how the song of the song are. Well, it's consumed totally different. Is consumed it's, it's identified. gets out there. Yeah, it's identified differently. So go ahead. So, like, I feel like back in the day, your song in the summer pretty much was whatever what was going to be number one on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it was a very tried and true formula. And that was it. And you couldn't be number one on Memorial Day weekend and come out three months. You had to time that. Like, you, you timed, I want to be on the radio all summer before people get sick of me. And that gives me Memorial Day weekend till Labor Day weekend. Yep. And now... With the internet, like you're putting that song out there two and a half months, three months. Hoping before. it picks up steam. And who listens really? How much? How many people listen to the terrestrial radio? Well, they don't. Anyway? So that's why it has to be out early. Right. Because then it has to come to a head around Memorial Day. Yeah. And the way they used to do it was everybody used to listen to terrestrial radio. So the record company bought time for the song. Correct. You know, in, on May 15th. And if it was good and it was going to be a hit... By the time you get to Memorial Day, two and a half weeks later, you're pretty much there. Yeah. So now it is with the internet and with Spotify and with the artists being able to identify, you know, or put these out there on their own terms, maybe a little bit more. 
it is you and I, the lumpen proletariat. Proletariat. Yeah, good work. I, good I, work. I really wanted to sound smart and throw in lumpen proletariat. Pretty close. I got. Yeah, I, you, I, got I, I, you know, for a dumb man, if it has more than three syllables, there's Sounds a solid good. chance I'm going to stumble over it. Sounds good though. And uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> he did, but his point is made, which is like we've even like music's changed so much in the last five years that we used to actually still try to do this as part of our Memorial Day weekend celebrations because right. Andrew and I are programmed to think that by Memorial Day, the, the song, song of the summer is known to everybody. Yeah. And what we found, I think this is the second year we're doing it basically in August. It's July 29th today. But we've basically given it an extra two months to think about it. Yeah. Old Town Road was the song of the summer on Memorial Day, but there was no guarantee it was going to be the song it of the summer. It would still be there, right. And nothing is really, I mean, the other day I'm in the car, there's a new Jonas, it's like, Probably ten new Jonas Brothers songs, but okay. There's a no, there's a new Jonas Brothers song called like "Sucker for You," which is gaining wild popularity. It seems like there's a Bieber slash Ed Sheeran like collecto collabo, yeah. which I mean, you know, two summers ago Despacito was on fire, and that was a Bieber and like Louis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee collaboration. That's right. So you figure Ed Sheeran, one of the biggest artists in the world, yeah, Bieber is Bieber. You put those guys together, maybe this song that's out now that I can't even name. We'll eventually get there, but like Labor Day is 30 days away. Yeah. I mean, the end of summer is 30 right. days away. So right. So honestly, it's going to have to make a lot of ground up. Like if I have to come on and do an apology pod on like September 15th and say, man, was I wrong? That Bieber song with Ed Sheeran really did eat Old Town Road alive. And I'll talk in that voice the entire Tough. pod. I, I like how you paused right after eat and I didn't know where you were going with that song really ate what. But here's the other thing though. Like, so – <laughs> and uh, there's no way to say this, and I'm not trying to sound sort of snobby. Wait, like I don't listen to, to terrestrial radio anymore, right? But without listening to terrestrial radio, and this I think gets at what uh, a point you what you were getting at earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, why I might be in more of a unique position to oh, yes qu- quantify song of the summer status yeah. is as a seventh grade teacher, like you have exposure to the tweens. I have exposure to what is happening. What, what is the seventh grade age now? 12? 13, 12, 13. Yeah, so we're talking tweens. Yeah, you know, and and tweens are never at the very vanguard of music. No, but if anybody can identify a song of the summer, it's the tweens, and honestly, their moms. A hundred percent. And if the moms and the tweens all like it, we've talked about this on a yeah on one song of these of the before. before. That's like the the, the perfect stuff. That's the trifecta, song. right? You know, so I guess we'll start with the tweens. You know, with the seventh graders. Where, where were they when school ended about a month ago for you so with this song? They, uh, I would not say they are at the seven and eight year old level of screaming and singing the entire thing. If Lil Nas, I mean, if I just randomly like Lil Nas X walked into my room to the background of Old Town, they room, love it. Probably get a bigger reaction than like me walking in and be like, "Let's talk about Hope is the Thing with Feathers" by <laughs> Emily Dickinson. You know, a great, um, a great book. But I don't listen. It's a poem. Right. Just a poem. I'm not a learned scholar. <laughs> Look at that. The two of us both have tried to like, sound smart over the podcast. I couldn't pronounce a word. I Gavin, pretended I knew that a poem was a book. There you go. Uh, but they, I, without listening to the radio, they, they, if I hear about a song, it's because my students are talking about it. So I knew about right. Old, Old Town Road for a long time because my students are talking about it. Without having been in school... And without listening to the radio, I have no idea what the Justin Bieber song you were referring right, to is. Right, right. So that's what I mean. And like, it almost like maybe it came out too late because school's over. Uh, I mean, these kids will find it because they always find right. it. Right, and but, their moms will find it. Right. I am not hanging out with uh, many 13-year-olds outside of the 
the confines of your job. Right. Completely fair. And you used to back when we first started doing this, you actually were coaching in the summer. So you actually did have there was a, year-round right. access to to, you know, the youth, if you will, in terms of what they like for music. So I'm not asking you to break this song down other than to say this might be the most and this has nothing to do with the euphoria that this song has created or yeah. the excitement because it, clearly it's worked and we wouldn't be I mean about it. it has crossed country everything to top, the point it's the Bruins rap. first home game right. in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, Lil Nas X was doing the outdoor concert Correct. in his and Bruins little, Lil Nas X and Lil Nas X and hockey fans did not know about each other no, two weeks prior two weeks prior not. yeah so, so this guy comes out of nowhere. Not Lil Nas X. He's got Billy Ray Cyrus on the track. It's Billy yeah. Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus's first top five hit since like 1990s. Achy breaky hearts. There was the best part. Of, okay, let me back up. The worst part about this song is it's incredibly boring. It's the same thing. It's it is- just what you think it is. The first 30 seconds are either awesome if you like it or not, and the next two and a half minutes. Are just the same thing. Do you? So everybody has these songs that they're like, "Oh man, I like the chorus of the song, but I don't like the other parts of the song." Yes. And you're like, "Oh, if the song was only the chorus, I'd it. like it." Yeah, sure. Turns out, no, you would not. Nobody wants to listen to three and a half minutes straight of chorus. But everybody wants to listen to "Take My Horse to the Old Town Road," right. and they want to memorize a couple of the lines, and they want to be able to say them in conversation. Get my horses in the back, whatever. And it it did. The concept made sense, but it's a boring. Song. I just, I may have misheard. Did you say uh, people are using the lyrics to Old Town Road in conversation? Yeah, like I'll be, uh, you know, at work, say. Okay. And there'll something will happen that will make somebody be like, got my horses in the back, like, what, you know, like whatever the line is. Or, uh-huh. people, I, people are quoting lines from the song in like jestful ways, but like in conversation. Okay. I've not been privy to that. So yet. that's a leap. You did that not mishear me. That's a leap Absolutely. into the pop culture. But the best part I was gonna I mean that goes beyond a song of the summer leap. That is a pop culture reference. It's yeah. like it's now part of the cult if, the pop culture zeitgeist. To yes. to actually use a phrase correctly and not pretend and, that I know what that about. Right. One out of three ain't bad. <laughs> but but what I was gonna say, the coolest two things or the most interesting two things about the song were actually kind of quote off the field, if you will. So one, Billy Ray Cyrus became relevant for singing again. Again, he's been But then the Country Music Association like gave him props as like the only singer of the song. Yeah. But it, he was like featured on the song, which in the current racially charged environment that we were in in 2019 in America made all the sense in the world because it's that's how insane we are, things are right now. But then Billy Ray had to come on and be like, actually, I want to thank Little Nas X and this guy for also being on the song. But then the country boards took the song, which is like number one on the country charts, off the country charts. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? And the only thing that it did, besides bring some extra attention to them being racist, uh, <laughs> was make people more aware of the song. And now it's the number one pop song in America. Right. Do you think that is a conversation that like happened amongst the country music like big leagues? Like, listen, how are people getting attention these days? Being racist. Well, we're not being racist enough. I mean, like, seriously, what? What? I I was unaware of like so even like this. But that's little... insane that the song because clearly the song has a country bent, and there are a lot yes. of examples. Of country and hip hop collaborations. Well, Nas X has a country bent to the way he raps. Yes, he's There's, got that. His that, voice he does. He has cadence that. and that's what he's going for. 
Right. And you, you don't make a song called Old Town Road and then call up Billy Ray Cyrus and be like, sing the hook for me. Right. If you're not trying to go for a country rap crossover. Right. So he did what he wanted. He accomplished his goal to the point that it was so successful that the country people were like, never mind, it's not country, which is, again, on brand for them. Yep. And terrible. <laughs> Both those things are true. But then the song continued to blow up, continued to blow up, continued to blow up, to the point where Andrew May made reference to it earlier. They're playing it at the Stanley Cup, and they invite Little Nas X into Boston to sing this rap country song to a hockey crowd. Yes. Which means it's crossed over. Right. Can you imagine? A trillion percent. What is a whiter party than a hockey party in Boston? Right. And that's exactly. So like the song crossed over from hip hop to country. I don't know what the country people were doing. It's pop. It hit everything. So that was one of the interesting things about it. Now, second thing that's interesting about it, Lil Nas X is actually the most interesting thing about it. He was not famous. Not at all. He became incredibly famous. Yep. And then in a move you would not have seen if this came, song came out 10 years ago, 20 years ago, certainly, maybe even five years ago. He then, with his newfound fame, comes out of the closet. And, yes, I saw something. And now like he may have been right. gay to his friends and family for years. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. But he decided at the, at the height of Lil Nas X is the best right. mania to say, oh, and by the way, I happen to be gay. Which it, is a really, like, that would not have happened 10 years ago. In, in two genres that probably are not the most open. Correct. To. Correct. If you think about. You think about the like just the the, the hip hop community and the country community. I don't think either of those are coming to mind as inclusive music communities. Especially if you go back 10, 20, yes. 30 years to their genesis. You know, in hip hop's case, 30, 40 years to its genesis, and obviously country's been around forever. Right. But but yeah. So so to get good point by you. So that as screwed up as the stuff with the country charts thing was a minute ago, and, and very indicative of how screwed up parts of our society are right now. Yeah. Amazing that from a um, I guess sexual orientation standpoint, we're actually at a point where the guy at the height of his powers and fame can say, oh, by the way, I want to make sure you know this about me. And again, five, ten years ago, probably going to wait a while for that. I mean – Or maybe never come out at all in in terms of – with the news. I'm sure, you know, again. But go back even further. Boy George remained in the closet for a solid portion of his career. 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 Yeah, right. I mean, Boy George. Right. And, and, and again, most – I think everybody had an inkling. I think they, everybody they, knew. But he couldn't but he officially – right. He had to keep that – so that he could keep that what was then tween mom crowd on his side. Right. Our parents. Right. right. Had to pretend to them like – Right. No. Right. And so anyway, I think one of the interesting like, things – I knew when I was 12, like you looked at Boy George and you're like, all right. I mean, and I, not to turn this into a whole podcast on sexual orientation in the music industry, but it is just a – Because that was not the plan. That was, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you doing this afternoon? I don't know. You want to come over and just talk about <laughs> sexual orientation in the music industry? <laughs> oh, okay. yes. Book it. <laughs> uh, but it is just another way in how all of this has changed. And this conversation uh, – Gavin and I, if you can't tell, by the way, I tried to pronounce the lumpen proletariat, and Gavin thought that Hope is a Thing with Feathers was a book and not a poem. We had a couple of drinks at the bar before we came here. And one of the things, the topics that came up that I think is endlessly fascinating to people our age, yeah. and maybe not as much to others, is how much the world changed, how quickly that world changed 
from the time we were like 16 to the time we were 24. Yeah, right. You went from no cell phones and dial-up internet in like one out of every five houses right. to everybody had a cell phone Yeah, in and six years. You were pretty close to the iPhone coming out. Right? Yeah. And then once the iPhone came out, you literally had Wikipedia in your pocket. And so that, that's 08. Right. So, okay. So yeah, from 96, 95 to 08, you have like three different iterations of technology bursts and booms. And if you were 16 and then 25 or whatever at the end or 27, you, you saw what was a third of your lifetime at the time, like three different children's lifetimes, like different, yeah. like different ways. So like an analog existence a cell phone only existence, and then like an internet's in your pocket and then existence. The world at your fingertips. Right. Existence. Right. And that is endlessly fascinating, mainly to us because we actually got to see it all at times where we were still expected to change with it. Correct. So, like, some people never had to type in college and never had to type at their job and still can't type or can't use the internet or whatever. And they, they got far enough along in society, and society was like, yeah, you don't need to learn this. Like, you've, you've been in business 20 years. We'll figure it out. We'll get you somebody to do that for you. But we had to be like, oh, Nope, we're going to have cell phones. Like, you can't not ride out the wave. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm following you, but I did get backed up a little bit just because your example was just typing. Yeah, Like, you had, like, what was the last year, in all honesty, that you think you could have gone through college and gotten into enough of a professional career where mm-hmm. people would have said, I get that you don't know how to type on a keyboard. Oh, I meant use a computer, but okay. Well, you did say type. Which yeah, is but a I very mean, specific you're subset right. of I meant like typing on a computer, though. Yeah, because I was going to say you're going back like sixty years. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant I meant like the ability to use a keyboard and Microsoft Office and, and learn new use the internet and yeah, like 100%, I think right. that's what I meant. So probably right around the early nineties. Right. If you got out of college in ninety one and got into the right field, there's a chance you didn't. I mean. 90, you know, there's a chance. Well, you, now you have people who are doing that for you if you have any that's what I mean. career. Yeah. Right. So you've got assistants, you've got people yeah. that report to you. They all know how to do it. You don't. But like we were young enough where we had to be like, oh, I, I do need a cell phone. And then I like, because we used to make right. plans in a very different way. I'm going to be at this place at this time. And then you were because that's what you said you'd do. And, and you're no one at any opportunity. And you got a window. It. And you got a window. And if you were like later than that window, you understood why people left. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. I now it's like, oh, we're here. Just kidding. We're here. Oh, actually, right. this place stinks. We're leaving. Meet us here. And that's a totally different thing. So, so that's number one. All right. Number two. Let's let's move on from song in the summer. We already have. Let's, let's officially move on to uh, Big Poppy David Ortiz. Want to say he's back out of the hospital now. Back home. It sounds like. Great news. So that's great news. Bringing up Poppy means you're bringing up the Red Sox. You feel like the Red Sox just really need to get into the dance, get into the playoffs, and yeah. maybe do some damage. Gun to your head today. Trading deadline is two days away. Do the Sox make a move? Do they not make a move? And how's the shake out? Do they make the playoffs or not? Um. So they're not going to sell. I know there's people who who like you know want to jump the rat, like you know jump off board a sinking ship. They feel like they want to make the Red Sox sellers. I don't think the Red Sox are going to be sellers. Um, if they buy, it's going to be a bullpen arm. Uh, I think that maybe other teams are going to know that the Red Sox are really in a tough spot and could really jack up the price on a bullpen arm. Sure. So I think if they do do that. Uh, it'll be late in that flat final day of the trade deadline when the Red Sox can turn around and not be over a barrel anymore and say you either sell this guy or not. Right. Um, 
and I think they get. I think they're in the one game wild card. Uh, from there, I mean, could, anything could happen. Yeah. Anything happens. I do think they are one of the two wild card teams. Okay, that's about that's about right. So you mentioned Reddit to me earlier. Yes, I wrote this down. You showed me a subway video. Uh, and and the, the point of this is to illustrate the level of politeness in Great Britain versus the United States. Correct. So you set it up. There's a guy in the in the so subway it's car. On, uh, what do they call it? The in, underground. Uh, the underground in England. Um, and he is doing a Chelsea soccer chant. And he's just clearly being annoying, uh, chanting Chelsea. I don't know if it's a real Chelsea chant or if he's just chanting the word Chelsea over and over <laughs> again. Clearly annoying people on the on the on the on the on the sub way. And not the submarine, not the submarine or the submarine sandwich. Right. Uh, they get to a stop. People file out. He's kind of like in a swaying back and forth. And he stands right at the edge of the subway car. And, and he's singing out the door. Singing Chelsea out the song door to all to, the people on the platform, to everybody on the platform. And a man sneaks up behind him and times it perfectly. So just when the doors are brought to close, he pushes him out. And, and the guy's locked out of the train. The guy's locked out of the train. The doors close in the sub and, the, and it goes off. The twist being that he was with a woman who just steps forward and goes, oh, what'd you do that for? <laughs> so some, some, some stranger, whether rightfully or wrongfully, pushes the annoying singing soccer hooligan fan out the train and his female companion, whether it's his wife, his mother, whatever, yeah. says, no, what'd you do that for? And then I mean, she just says, a very matter of fact, what'd way. you do that for? And then goes, turns to back to the guy who's been pushed on and says, I'll get off at the next stop. And my point is, if you were to do that in, we'll use Boston as an example because we're currently in Boston. Yes. Punches would be fine. That lady would be firing uppercuts. Haymakers. would be, yeah, absolutely. Left you hooks. would be going viral for a very different reason. Yeah, it wouldn't be because you cleverly pushed the guy off the train at the right time. It's because yeah. then his lady friend just assailed you. you. Wailed on you. Committed battery. Correct. And, that, and so you are just coming from England. Yes, I had a very brief, some as some of you folks know, a very brief trip to England. A sojourn, if you will. Uh, yeah. And we chronicle, we, again, we chronicled that in our Aer Lingus review. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, not super positive for Aer Lingus. <laughs> um, but anyway, check it out. So I was filing a report that my bag was lost in London. And it's Saturday night. It's about 9 o'clock at night. Anybody who's working the air cl- airport baggage claim lost and found line is clearly going to be having a banner night. You're not dealing with people at their best. Right. So anyway, there is a, like six or seven of them who all work there. But this one guy is on the phone over the shoulder of his employee. He clearly is the manager of whoever took the call. And he's basically yelling but in a polite way, well, this isn't America. We're, we have manners here. So if you're – Husband or son or whatever, if he wants his bag back, he needs to come back in here and apologize to me and my associate to our face. And if we're satisfied, we'll give him his bag back. <laughs> but the fact that he was like, because in America, you can talk like crap to me and I'm still going to have to take it. Right. He's like, nope, I have your bag. You were rude. We're about manners. Absolutely. And as someone who has never really been in a major conflict with someone in the service industry, I, I can't tell you what time of been in a screaming and argument with yeah. anybody in that, like, I appreciate that. That should be the way to go. I agree, too. I, I think that... I mean, to an extent. Don't, you know, to an extent. Yeah, I, like, if I'm, like, level, get me some ketchup level. and the server is like, ah, until you say please, you know. Yeah. And again, I should say please and I should be polite, but sometimes... But I can only imagine the screaming match that these guys must have had <laughs> about this guy's luggage 
for him to be like, oh, I have his bag. <laughs> and if he wants it back, he needs to come back in and, here and apologize to my face. And feeling confident that if that goes above you, you're not going to get in trouble. And they're going to be like, well, yeah, but his manners. Yeah. He was rude. 100% true. Um, do you want to touch on your Aziz Ansari take that because he's no longer wearing suits? Well, yeah, I mean, and what a, what a, what a better transition into talking about Aziz Ansari than opening with do you want to touch on? Because I think that's what got him in trouble. Uh, well, you know? And that's but, something that he brings up in his latest Netflix comedy special, which I mentioned to you earlier. Hey, have you seen this? And you launched into no... I have not, and, and simply because uh, Aziz Ansari, I, I've enjoyed his stand-up in the past. I think he's a funny guy. He's a talented guy. Yes. He is a good writer. There Master is, Nun has been a good show. Yep, absolutely. Um, but part of his whole thing was he dressed nice. If you look at his previous Netflix specials, he is dressed nicer than I probably have at any point in my life for, for both of them. Yes. And so now the new Netflix one comes on and of course like, you know, the screen grabber, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, they give you the promo the thing. Screen. Yeah, the right. home screen, right. And he has switched to, I believe, jeans and a Metallica t-shirt and to me, just right off the bat without hearing a word of it, was screaming, this is trying too hard, I'm out. Like this is too trying too hard, look at, look at how different I am. Right, right. And that was going to be too much for me to get over. Got it. And a lot of the show, because I did see it, is actually about him confronting some of the stuff that he had with the Me Too movement, and yeah. you know, rightfully so, he, he he you know endured a lot of negative, you know. And listen, let's be clear: like like he is not Harvey Weinstein, he is not Bill Cosby. Yeah, he's right. not. And and it's he's the, not even Louis C.K. I mean, from what I understand, not. from a frequency no. and from a weirdness and from a maliciousness, you know, absolutely. The Me Too movement is is and as it should be. This is not, I'm not making this an indictment of the Me Too movement. It Please has been don't. a wide. Please don't do that. <laughs> it has been a wide-spanning and needed yes. like, examination of what our society is no and, and how we treat women. But it's just that same phrase for everybody caught up in it. And I think any reasonable person isn't going to look at what Aziz Ansari did. And this isn't to excuse it, but it's not to what these other men are doing. But it's all caught up in that same yeah, right. named movement. Right. And so he, you know, rightfully so, is ha he basically can't come on TV and do a special without at least addressing it. Right. And so he does up front and a couple of the references throughout the show. And he does essentially say, hey, I'm a different guy now because I had to – not only because of this, but also because, you know, that first stand-up special, I was 25. And now I'm 36 yeah. or whatever. And so – you know, I've done all these different things, and I do look at the world differently. And even if I hadn't had this thing, maybe I would evolve. But I do think he's both consciously, subliminally, and everything in between trying to say, like, I'm a different guy. Which is interesting because as a longtime fan, it's like, yes, you needed to have some penance for what you did. But also, I don't need to follow a new comedian. I want to follow the same comedian. Right. But if there's a genuineness to – and if you are talented at writing, which is – sorry, he is, he is. Yeah, for sure. And uh, then you can make that change, I still think, and still be funny and still. So you have convinced me to give it a shot. To give it a shot. All right. So for all of you out there, I'm not telling you to watch it or don't watch it, but Andrew Patterson wasn't going to watch it. Now he is. Maybe you should too. That's Correct. If you were on the fence about watching it, it sounds like. Give it a shot. Yeah. It's pretty introspective. It's pretty good. And uh, yeah, the guy's a great writer. And then if it's terrible, you just write filibuster freestyle, care of Gavin Viano. Yes. Um, and so let's send it to your parents' house in Walpole. <laughs> send it to Walpole, Mass. They'll, <laughs> they'll find it. So uh, do you want to, or this is unplanned, 
or not want to talk about how you somehow got a staph infection this summer in both Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. Let's end on this. Yeah. Staph infections to bring it home. Here we go. I am a uh, poison ivy magnet. You've had every – I've known you for borderline ballpark 20 years, and I feel like every summer you're dealing with poison ivy. And I get it to some different levels, right? And then at a certain point, I'm not – I don't want to turn this into like I'm a tough guy like – moment but i'm a tough guy but i don't want to turn it into that yes uh you get to a certain level where you're just like all right this is poison ivy i'm gonna deal with it yeah it's not sucks, gonna worry about it but whatever I'm not gonna like, go to what doctors i'm not gonna yeah you can get calamine i'm just gonna not touch it and yeah right so that was my approach to this bout with poison ivy uh which did not go well because it immediately got really bad uh, and at some point i must have scratched it right was it officially poison ivy to start i don't know okay i never i by the time i Spoiler alert, did go to the doctors. It was too late. So I called my doctor at one point <laughs> after having it and it said, um, you know, this poison ivy isn't going away. It's doing that oozing and weeping, you know, that gross yellow stuff that just drips out For of For those of you who are eating, we apologize. Yeah. You put the fork down. Um, Hopefully you're listening to this in your commute to work. <laughs> but I was leaving this everywhere. And so I called my doctor and I'm like, what should we do? He says, all right, try, um, first thing was calamine lotion. Try this. Sure. And so I tried it and it seemed to work a little bit, but not totally. And I called back a few days later. I'm like, listen, that didn't really do the trick. And so they gave me a prescription for uh, like contact, contact dermatitis, whatever you want to call it. Uh, also, it wasn't really working. And then um, I ended up covered head to toe in just a rash. Again, hope you have not. If you had thought I'm okay to start eating again, you're not. You were not okay. To How start about you just again. don't eat until the breath? I've until I'm stop. done telling you my. Yeah. Right. So at this point, in, in my poison ivy, like, doesn't itch anymore. It hurts, but now this new rash just kind of itches. And so I was like, all right, my regular doctor, even though I've only talked to him over the phone, has not been much of a help for this. I'm just going to call a... Uh, like a specialist? A dermatologist. A skin doctor. A skin doctor. In charge of the dermis. <laughs> so uh, I called them in the morning. I was like, listen, I need first bill. And they got me in at, like, uh, 1 o'clock that afternoon. And so I walk into the dermatologist's office at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. He takes one look at me. And if you have ever seen the look of disappointment on a man you have never met, like someone you have never met just being disappointed in you. In you, you upon meeting you. Upon meeting you. This is what I experienced because he immediately looks and he goes, oh, well, that's infected. And I was Oof. like, oh, okay. He didn't need to do anything. And he looks at my other arm and his disappointment grows as if I was talking to my own father. Well, this one's even worse. Uh, so I got scolded twice for each arm by a man I was just meeting for each arm. So I got dual staph infections on Ugh. on each arm. So um, that's that's that's, that's been that's, July. That's been July. It, it I've I've not had a staph infection before. I don't know if you've ever had. Yeah, but not for a long time. Yeah, it is a um, it's an experience. It's an experience. Would you say? 2019 has been a, a tough year for you in general or just rough start to the summer? 2019 has been a year. Yeah. I mean, there are other sides to this. That maybe, like, we can spoil a future for the Buster yeah, Freestyle. We, we don't need um, to get into it too much. But you, you seem to be enduring number of, going back to the beginning of the podcast, country song elements to your life recently. Oh, and a double staff infection and disappointing the dermatologist you just met is got to be, you know, one of and the And that's just a that minor I'm, thing right. that is gone. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. No question. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if you go back to, to, to bring this, not full circle, because 
it was only halfway through the pod, half circle, to Aziz Ansari being like, yeah, things change you. Yeah. Things change you. But I'm still not wearing a Metallica t-shirt. No. Like, I don't need to wear But I've always worn t-shirts. Like, we've already talked about Andrew has been on stylistic brand with trucker hats in three different generations. Yeah. One was back when the only hats you could get were trucker hats and no one liked them. It was a paucity. And then they became kind of ironically cool again in like the 2000s. Early 2000s, I want to say. Aston Kusher started getting way over on the punk show. Yeah. And then you kept wearing them. I kind of wore them the whole way through. Yeah, and now they're back. They have, yeah. I have worn Trigger hats pretty consistently since like 02, 04. I was going to go with like 91, 92. Oh, you've been doing trucker hats that long. Yeah. So yeah, you've, you've definitely worn trucker hats solidly through three different phases of trucker hats. Yeah. And I will continue to. Like there is a... Um, well, no, you've set... Yeah. You don't... But like to your point, you don't need to start wearing Metallica t-shirts because you're... Because I'm a changed person. I don't need it to be... So obvious. Right. I'm with you on that. Yeah, trucker hats, man. We should do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a show one time on trucker hats. I don't know what the idea is yet, but there's gotta and be the some... idea. Let's 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 spitball this right now. The idea is you talk to different filibuster freestyle pundits. Yes. It is what are clothing choices that they were ahead of the fashion curve on? Yeah. Or just their stuff. own, just what they've always worn and became fashionable. Right. Like for me, that's trucker hats. Like it wasn't. It was not ahead of the fashion curve. Like, now. I just always wear trucker hats and other people are like, oh, we're wearing them now too. Yeah. And we're not. We're back. I feel like for me, and you you definitely did this too, and I didn't start this, but the jumping all in on like the $1 Salvation Army t-shirt yeah. and wearing it like every day. Correct. And, and constantly topping your own self. Correct. You know, they that, used to, we used to drive around to different Salvation Army right. stores. And like, I don't do ones. that anymore. No, but, neither do I. But like, if I didn't work in an office, say, or like if I like was the CEO and one of those guys that like, I'm going to dress down because I'm a cool dude. Then like, yeah, I probably would keep that going. So I, there, I love random t-shirts. I mean, there are companies that do this. There are companies yes. that now go to these places right. and make money. But to me, that is cheating. It is. And it's also, I, I feel like they're looking at it with a different lens than like we were. Then we, we were, were like, we're broke, and I want this shirt to be stupid in a conversation. The, and the less it makes sense, the better. the better. I mean, one of the best ones ever was a roommate of mine in college got – we went to the Salvation Army, and the best shirt he got <laughs> was a picture of a grown man who I think must have been going through seminary. Okay. Uh, so he had on his – Like a frock? or Yeah, his frock, a tunic or whatever you want to call it, and down there. And then underneath it just said, world's oldest altar boy. Oh. And it was clearly from a family party that they had had these shirts made up, and somebody was what is like, the "Backstory on that shirt? I don't, right? I don't want this shirt anymore. I never wore it. Like probably like, you know what I mean? Like a cousin's husband or something like that. It was like, yeah, we went to this party and they gave us this Salvation Army. I'm giving this to Salvation Army, and then it ended up in Your the buddy. hands of my friend Matt, who then wore a shirt That's for a man that he did not know, had never met. That's the world's oldest altar boy. World's oldest altar boy, which is really great. So anyway, I look for I, I don't know if I'll ever have those days again, but that was kind of the one thing I could think of off the top. That was me. I was well in on that. I think yeah. before it really crescendoed, but I have not kept it up. No, neither have I. I got nothing. All right, cool. Andrew Patterson, thanks for being on the freestyle. Everybody else, go on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Music Play for you droid users. Find the pod, subscribe to it, filibuster freestyle. Leave a review. 
Yeah. At least star it. Give me five stars. Give me four stars. Don't give me I one. want stars. I'd like to see a new review. Yeah, there. give I me a review. Been... Tell yeah. me, yeah. Tell me what you think of the show. And by me, I mean everybody else. Name drop your favorite uh, guest. Yeah, maybe Andrew Patterson. Maybe somebody else. It'll be Dan O'Brien from Wine Wall and Dragons. Dan O'Brien might be my favorite podcast. There you go. That could be another pod we could do one time. It's like the pundits of the show should rank their preference of pundits. And you cannot rank yourself. Correct. Yeah. That's um, that's some inside goal. Inside that that could end up really hurting people's feelings. Correct. That probably would, be, would break because up. Because it's no longer just like random people who don't know you listening to the show and yeah. just like only basing it off of the show. It is other people you know being like, yeah, yeah he, he's terrible. <laughs> no, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like when you have him on. <laughs> Man, as soon as I see that guy's name pop up, I just don't download that one. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. All right, folks, philipbuffsforfreestyle.com. Follow us on the gram, by the way. Uh, at Phillips for Freestyle. And do you want to plug your, your business agent, Curtis Fingers? His social- well, Curtis Fingers on there, but I thought you were maybe going to plug a new hashtag that you have coming out on the Instagram. Oh, we could do that. So we got something that Cindy Harrington and I have been working on. I want you to keep it a mystery. But and I can't tell you what it is, but we're going to call it... Uh, Think Gav Influenced. Gav Influenced. Gav Influenced. Gav Influenced, right. Gav Influenced, yeah. You've been... Give influenced. And yeah. you guys will know what it means when uh, Cindy and I release this on philipbusterfreestyle.com and on Instagram. But um, it's not a bad concept. Some real funny pictures. I can tell you that much. No. You're going to want to see it. Exactly. Even though you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. By the way, you can now resume eating safely. <laughs> Philipbuster Freestyle, we're out of here. <laughs>